Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, you can be all the things you always wanted to be beautiful sexy easiest one two three just let your soul go just let it shine through just let your welcome welcome to the guy next door i am mouse jones i am nyyz that's what you get you know that's what you're getting today. Raymond Santana in the building. <laughs> you know, this is a special episode of The Guys Next Door. See, this is why you don't do things with friends. This this right here is why you don't do things. So you go by your Twitter, Instagram. Absolutely not. See, I wasn't even going to say that. I wasn't going to mention my Twitter or Instagram. You, you just that. said it. I am NYY's ass. Listen, man. That's what you're getting. Leo. <laughs> All right, y'all. So just I'm, listen. I am Leo. You feel better? No, that? bye, Leo. Um, <laughs> very fast, guys. Uh, shout out to the neighborhood. Hey, neighbors. Um, we thank you guys for your continued support on across all platforms. Um, we are well over twenty episodes and well over two hundred thousand listeners. That's all uh, because of you guys. So thank you, Anchor, first of all, for giving us the platform. Um, shout out to my brothers, Mac Wilds and Fly Rye, who are unable to be here. I am in Atlanta. Um, I'm on road with Trap Karaoke, the greatest show on earth. Um, we are in Atlanta preparing for a stop. So I had to come to the Each One Media Studios and show some love because they showed some love uh, for me. Um, and I brought some friends. So I have from the... All right, now, I, I get the shit fucked up, but I listen. So that's all that matters. The, the, chef. the chef. Shut up. Let me say it. The chef, the angry, the Adam podcast that's right you got it what's up leo what's going on bro now you live in atlanta i do tell the people about your uh podcast chef the angry the adam also featuring trey at times featuring trey um this podcast is essentially like barbershop talk you know you're getting leo just talk leo you're not being interviewed i just talk bro it's the three it's the three (laughs) of us sitting around having conversation about weekly topics that's all we really chef is also in here Chef's, yeah, the, chef's the, act, the, the chef of the podcast. The, he's actually a good friend, um, but he—I don't know. He's camera. I don't know what the fuck is his problem today. Um, <laughs> he worked out for thirty minutes and that, that chef put in. Put chef worked out today. He put in a good uh, effort at the gym. Speaking of which, see me on the <laughs> run app, you cowards. <laughs> 
Every time I post a run video, a workout video, you niggas in my DM. Oh, you can't lift. You can't lift. Shut your bitch ass up and see me on the run app. Get your miles. The Nike run app is getting these miles every day, four miles. As soon as I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to go run another four before I go to bed. In Atlanta. Everybody's getting these miles. So get on a Nike run app, you cowards. Now, back to the chef, the angry, and the Adam. I'm guessing you're the angry. Unfortunately. Why is it unfortunate? You chose to be angry. Like You like being angry. No, no one likes being angry. I'm uh, angry. Ask women. <laughs> Nobody likes to be angry. I'm just angry Except because women. <laughs> women love it. It's a right. sport. I don't want to be angry. Okay, so why do you? Why be- do you? Because Chef and Adam make me angry. <clears throat> they cause me to be that are you way. David Banner. What? Like why? What is Banner? Like what? why are you fucking? They make me angry. Well, they piss me off. They know how to push my buttons. So they get under my skin. I mean, they agitate good me. content. It makes for good content. And so you're from where? New York. And how did you get to Atlanta? I moved here. I can see why you're angry. <laughs> see why you're angry. Uh, um, chef nah. is from here. The chef is from here. Um, and Adam is from DC, correct? Nah, Adam from Philly. He lives in DC. Oh, he's he just always in DC. Always too. in. He's he goes to DC. He's he visits DC, but okay. he's Philly. He's another one that needs to see me on the run at. Adam will see you eventually. No, that's me. That's not even a challenge. That's a health. Uh, that's a health tip. Uh, hit the track, Adam. Getting big. Getting fucking big. You're fucking huge. And you know, light skinned niggas don't look good when they spread. All I know. See, in fairness, though, you got to You see these things. You got to say to his face. You can't say this. When that's he, why I don't see the nigga. But that's not fair. That you can't say this. You got to. He got to be able to respond. He got to give him an opportunity to respond. So respond. You got I'm, the same 280 I'm, characters. I, I have. He'll be able to respond when this shit come out. That's crazy. Everybody hears this shit. You're right. But I, if you said something to me now, I can respond directly to you. Adam, you can't. Adam can't like defend himself. Don't right do now. that. We have a. We have a. <laughs> there's there's a goal here. There's something we're trying to do here. So don't don't say things that would challenge me to do that. But um, I fuck with the chef, the angry. I listen. I, I fuck that name up. But I listen. But you guys, are, uh, outside of Adam, because I don't know him that well. You and Chef are actually close friends of mine. Um, so I fuck with y'all. And anytime I'm anywhere, um, within the community, I make sure I do my best to, you know, uh. Put eyes on platforms. So real fast to the people where they can follow you guys at and support your podcast. You can support the podcast at CAA Podcast. Yeah, that's cool. Enough. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm, just play, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Go ahead. Go, go. Now you can support them. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit for that. <laughs> they could be into it. CAA. Uh, at side, capital P. Uh, yeah, that was good, guys. Uh, welcome uh, to Varnell Hill Show. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't even trip. Let me get my bag shortly. Welcome to the Barnell Hill Show. Come on, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. CAA Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, CAA Podcast. You can follow me uh, at NYYZ. No, no, this is about the podcast. This is about the podcast. You can follow uh, the host of the show at Chef Waits. The podcast. I'm telling you about the podcast. You try to get your Instagram followers. No, I don't care. No, I'm not. Make this about the podcast. The podcast. Listen to the podcast. New episodes. How can they listen? On Apple, Spotify, uh, there's another Stitcher, the SoundCloud. Um, use Linktree, guys. The, it'll what? Use Linktree. We should put use all, Linktree. You use Linktree. You put all the uh, all the platforms it's on. You could just put it all underneath one uh, hyperlink. You can and then post. You it. can listen there. Um, new episodes usually out Tuesdays, possibly mostly Wednesdays, I should say. 
Oh, this how y'all? No niggas. Tuesday, Wednesdays. This is, this is the nigga Tuesday, shit. Tuesday, Wednesday. Usually. Tuesday morning. Oh, now it's Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. All right. Um, Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. was when you can find a new episode of the CAA podcast. But thank you, guys. Uh, so, because Mac, uh, Mac, shout out to Mac. Mac is in Virginia shooting a new project. So, that's always good to see my brother in front of the camera. Um, and then, shout out to uh, Ryan, who is in L.A. doing his goddamn thing over there. Um, so, Leo, you're going to be flying co-pilot with me. All right? I got you. All right. Hold these legs while I fuck this chicken. All right, it's a little. I don't know. I, I don't know what. I, what? I don't know. Where I heard that before. I, I never got a chance to Wait, use it before. What? This, listen, automatic Leo is that you're you're about to be privy to some special shit. I fuck with you. All right, this is a very I, important no, podcast. No, I appreciate podcast. that, but what? What? Let's hold these legs while I fuck this chicken. Um, uh, uh, when I was in the Navy, there was this cook, uh, Scarborough, CS2 Scarborough. He was from uh, Flatbush, and he always had sayings. So if you ever was like in the way trying to get a meal or whatever, you try and tell him what he, yo, put some, he'd be like, yo, listen. Like just like that, deep ass boy, he'd be like, yo, listen, hold the legs while I fuck this chicken, all right? And, I, and then I never understood what it meant until today. Oh, you oh you understand? Yeah, just hold the legs while I fuck this chicken. You, mean, you really don't, you literally can only fuck this up. You can make it no better than what it is. You have one job, not to fuck this up. This is a very important podcast. This has been in, in years in the making. Okay? So I just need you not to fuck this up. <laughs> Hold these legs while I fuck this <laughs> All right. Um, guys, I'm, listen. Neighborhood. You know how it goes. Um, make sure you keep listening to us at Guys Next Door. Follow us on Instagram at Guys Next Door underscore. Continue the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag Guys Next Door. Um, you can follow us um, on Patreon, Guys Next Door Podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Stop what you're doing right now and subscribe to the YouTube right now. Guys Next Door Podcast. Stop. I'm going to give you a second. See, that was the second. Make sure you did that. Um, and then just continue supporting us. We appreciate the support. And, you know, uh, shout out to Che and, um, and James. They're in New York still, but they're keeping the social alive with those crazy-ass questions. And y'all be wildin' in the DMs. Like, y'all are some horny bunches. Like, y'all are so horny. And y'all should probably see someone about that. Um, but yeah, shout out to you guys. Make sure you listen to us on all platforms, whether it's Anchor, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Title. We are everywhere. Um, and we thank you. Continue to post us. We will repost until Instagram breaks. Now. This episode is very special, near and dear to my heart, because this is an episode uh, on two folds, right? Or should I say three? Uh, the first fold, um, I would not be podcasting if it wasn't for three people. If it wasn't for uh, Charlemagne the God and Brilliant Idiots, if it wasn't for um, The Read, which was the first podcast I ever heard, and then the second podcast I ever heard and, and got me into podcasting was The Combat Jack Show. Y'all know, uh, rest in peace to OG Reg, my mentor. Um, his birthday just passed, so, you know, legends don't die. That's that's the biggest thing I can tell you. Um, leave a legacy on um, people. You can only wish to have a legacy as rich as combats from his his career as an attorney and the, the, the historic deals he worked on there, then breaking into blogging, what he did over there at Complex with the Combat Jack show, and then obviously becoming the godfather of podcasting, um, creating a loudspeaker network. Um, 
So if you don't know who Combat Jack is, then, you know, go do your homework. Um, if you want to do a podcast and you black, you don't know who Combat Jack is, you should, the last thing you should be doing is booking studio time. Do your homework. Um, but yes, but before he passed, Combat Jack, um, as we got closer, I always called him OG Reggie, hit me um, and sent me a link to a, a episode he had did with uh, Raymond Santana, who I happen to be familiar with because when I was 12, when I was, how old are you, seventh grade? 12 turning 13. Uh, I remember getting ready for, I remember getting ready for school, and on News 12, there was a story that popped up about five men being exonerated or being released from prison um, for something they did not do. Uh, they referred to these men as the Central Park Five. And I remember seeing them like, what? And they they said 13 years to the day. I said, wait a minute. 13 years? I was just born 13 years ago. So I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. What the? So I did all, I mean, as much as the internet would allow you back then, dating myself a little bit, um, did my little homework, did my little research as much as I could. And I, I found, I stumbled across, not stumbled, I, I found everything that was on the internet about these five um, young men. Um, and I, I will let uh, Raymond tell his story. Um, but yes, yeah, uh, Combat sent me the episode. I listened to it and I was like, God damn, this shit is real. Like, it brought everything back. All, I, all It was like all the research I had did was now in audible form. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a face to it. There was a name to it. There was a life to it. Um and I just remember, like, yo, I gotta, I gotta meet this nigga. Like, I just gotta shake his hand. Um, and then I remember Combat saying, "I want you to talk to him. I want you to talk to him because I think your voice for your age group and the the next crop people you're bringing in, think it'll do some good." He said this in 2015. It is now 2019, <laughs> and I was able to make it happen. Not only is Raymond Santana somebody uh, that I, I look up to. Uh, as for inspiration, just like I said on multiple occasions, just for the simple fact that you kept on living. You guys could have stopped. You guys could have just been upset. Kept on living. Um, and then to see all the praise you guys got now um, from everyone now. Now yeah. it's not just that small nucleus of people that knew podcasts and then internet geeks or, or whatever the case may be. Whoever knew, now the whole world knows. Yeah. So I would like to welcome to the neighborhood. Raymond Santana of the Exonerated Five. Welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Definitely. Listen, three, five, four years. Four years. But it happened. We've been trying, right? Listen, we've been, we've we've been, been trying. We've literally been missing each other. Yeah. Like by this, like, yo, yeah. in New York. Ah, oh, just what's Atlanta. I just went yeah, here. Yeah. But um LA, we tried in LA. LA, we definitely we definitely we, tried, we tried in LA. LA. Um yeah. listen, I listen, I knew I was tired. And I seen y'all. I said, "No, these niggas, they got, it's old. They gotta go home. Go to bed. It is. Y'all was ready. Yeah, y'all was ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, how's it feel? Let's just start there. Like, um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there came a time, um, when when the exoneration actually happened. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure there was some type of, or maybe it wasn't. Uh, you you could tell me better. Um, there was a closure there, but now to see. It like twofold now mm-hmm. to see the everything that you guys the 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 adoration and all the praise you guys have been been getting since the Netflix series when they see us a drop. How does it feel right now? Um, I mean, it feels good. Sometimes it's overwhelming um, because when you've been geared to fight all your life, and then when somebody says, "Ah, you don't got to fight anymore," and it's mm. like you still get up putting your gloves on, right? Right? It's embedded in you. Right. Um, to see the act, to see the praises, see the accolades, get them. 
it, it's it's humbling. Um, but on the other hand, it's like we deserve that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like for a long time, we were considered the most hated human beings on the planet Earth. Right. Right. right? Um, everybody called for the death penalty. They called to castrate us. They called to hang us in Central Park. Um, over 400 articles written about us the first two weeks of the case dissecting our lives, right, vilifying us. Right. And so to see it flip, um, it's uh, sometimes unbelievable. Mm. It's like, wow, like for Antron, right, he's, right. he's still like – sometimes if I tell him the story, like if he wasn't there at the BET Awards right. and I told him what happened that day, right. he would have been like I was lying. Like that's, I how, can see it. that's how tough it is I for can, him. I can see it in his face that – uh. There was a moment. There was there was two. Mo- I, I, I don't say this to brag, right? Like I get it, you know. Especially in today's day and age, when everybody's talking about unpacking stuff and trauma and, and therapy and all this. What I'm about to say is probably gonna sound like, "Oh, really? I don't cry. I have not cried. The last time I cried as an adult, uh, was when the when when there was a chance of me losing custody of my oldest daughter after I fought so hard to get her. Right? Mm-hmm. That was the last time I cried. I boohooed. Like boohooed like a baby, and, and probably the very next time was probably sometime in, I'd say 2015, 2016. I call it my pursuit of happiness cry. Like you remember when Will Smith was was in the bathroom with his son and he was just trying to sleep, yeah. and I was in that moment when I was I was I was uh, I was chasing this dream here and I had nothing, literally had nothing, and I was uh, sleeping on I, I had missed because I was staying with my brother but I didn't have a key, so. He would uh, he would let me in, but he was knocked out. He was knocked out sleep. So you and I was just like, in. I couldn't yeah. get in. And so I went to the path station. This is in Jersey City. I went to the path station. And I just slept inside of the path. I hopped a little ball. I slept inside of there. And I remember sitting there like, yo, this is what my life has come to. Like all this shit, I all this shit I've been doing, running streets, making my, all of this. Wow. I am sleeping in a fucking train station, trying to chase the dream of being a world-renowned broadcaster. I, I boohooed that night. Other than that, I'm not cried. That day when 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 you seen me at the uh, the basketball game, mm-hmm. and you came and got me. Yeah. It was an embrace, like it was just a moment me and you had, and I was like, "Yo, that's really like my dog, like that's my guy." Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, in this industry, you, there's those fake relationships and those relationships that you're like, "Oh, I see you, I see you too." It was a moment, like you came, you have to do that because you knew, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I said, yeah. I said, boom, okay, I see y'all. I said, yo, I got you. I got you. I got something for you. Just let me know. When, I think Corey wasn't there yet. Yeah. So I was like, let me know when Corey gets here. Yeah. I got something, right? Um, I think, yeah, we're hosting the, the basketball game, and uh, there was a moment where I brought you guys out yeah. and made sure. Like, there was no way this wasn't going to happen. I told the producer of the game, I said, listen, I got to do this. He was like, oh, no, no, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a white guy. He was like, no way he was going to tell me no. He was like, no, 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 go ahead. No, I think it's great for optics. Go ahead. No way that white guy was going to tell me no. I remember just calling out name by name, name by yeah. name. And I remember my uh, my coach was like, he was like, you really did your research. I said, what research? He said, you know all their names? I said, how the fuck you don't? And so I remember bringing y'all out in a moment that the whole, remember, like, yeah. the whole spot is rumbling. Yeah. And I said, this is what the fuck is supposed to happen. This is how it's supposed to happen. And, and Corey, um, I was talking to Yusef and Corey. I was standing next to Corey. I said, I was talking to Yusef. And Corey leaned over me and said, in Biggie's voice, like, it was all a dream. Yeah. And now it's reality. Now it's reality. He said that shit, and I almost... I almost lost it right there on the court. Wow. And then I look over and Antron's looking like disbelief. Yeah. Like he's like suspended in disbelief. Yeah. So does does this all feel like that? Does this all feel like one big dream? Um, sometimes it does. You know, when you uh 
you know, like you, you, you see celebrities on TV and, and then you bump into them and the love is just crazy. Right. Right. Tyler Perry, you know, guys like right. six something and he, he right. grabs me, right. gives me this hug and, and it's like, wow, Tyler Perry's showing me love. Right. Right. So it's stuff like that that makes it surreal. Mm. But it's a moment. You got to brace it. You got to soak in it. You know, you got it. My daughter was there. Yeah. So my daughter got to see all that. And so that's part of the legacy. Yes. Having my child say, damn. Look at the love that my dad gets on a regular basis. Right. Right. And it also strengthens our relationship. Mm. There's nothing I can't tell her that's not gold now. Right, right. Right. So it works, it works in that instance. So so let's let's talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the day before. Let's talk. Well, not even, right? Let's talk about the morning of. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the morning of. You are a 14 year old. Yeah. A uh, young man, a boy, fourteen mm-hmm. yep. year old boy mm-hmm. in Harlem. Yep. <clears throat> what are you? What? What? Who is that Raymond Santana? That Raymond was, um, as you see in the film, mm-hmm. right? That Raymond was the kid that looked in the mirror, make sure his clothes. Looked I was good. like, yo, that's him. That was me. I was like, that was him. Yeah. Even Marquise did. I was like, shit, that's me. Even my daughter was like, oh, you know, I she's fourteen. Because like, I'm like, I remember when you when you sent me the first pack of Paul Mass. I'm like, oh, that shit fly, like. Like they got fly, like, and I'm looking, and then we follow each other. I'm like, yeah, that's him. Yeah. So so okay, so that's you. So that's me, and um, I love going to school because, uh, I mean, I had a group of guys that, that was in my class, and they were just hilarious. Mm. So it made me want to go to school. So I look forward to getting up, doing all that, getting fly, going to school. Ray was that kid that just liked to have fun, laugh all day, joke, look fly, fly in the process, and maybe what back. What was your favorite pair of sneakers back then? Um, I mean, there was Air Force Ones, high tops at the time. Jew man, right? Jew man. Everybody was going up to Jew man back then. Jew man, and then there was also a spot that um that we had by us. I can't remember the name right now, but we used to go there and get sneakers. But a lot of the older guys in my neighborhood who was hustling, they went to Jew man, right? You know, and, my dad. That's what my dad talked about. Jew man, like yeah. now you had to go get your uptown from Jew man. Go, yeah, you had to. I'm like, well, I don't and make sure you ain't get robbed going to the train station. Oh, look, he said. He said you had yeah. to double bag it. Yeah, you hold, put in. He said yeah. he used to put it in the um because my dad is my dad is from um he's from downtown uh, Brooklyn. He's from Gowanus, so okay. there by Turnkey and all that. So he go up there. He said he come come back with like the the garbage bag. Got to got to put the bag in the garbage bag. Yeah. And act like you carrying trash. Yeah, yeah. Cats be waiting for you at the train station too, ready to <laughs> rob you and take them joints back and sell them to Jew man. <laughs> it was crazy back then yeah so you Jew know his retention numbers was high was crazy <laughs> and he sold everything leather jackets everything right. so you had to watch it um so definitely air force one especially when it started coming out with those colors yeah. you know like the all red with the mm-hmm. white check the mm-hmm. all green when they did those and i think they were running for like 120 a pair wow. um back then so if you had them on you was doing something you was doing something so that so that raymond he goes to school the ladies what was the ladies like I mean, there was always that, that Raymond was. Right, right. He, he had he had some G, right? <laughs> he had several different girls in the right, same school, right? Because it was five it was five schools in this one building. Mm-hmm. It was pretty big, and um, what school was it? It was junior high school, one seventeen. Okay, it's on one hundred ninth between third and second, and so there was girls in each school that little Fire. Ray, that Fire. little Ray was. You know, he knew. <laughs> Fire. Yeah, yeah. Just understand and respect the game. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> no, it. No, and the reason I asked that, not because I'm pretty sure you've asked that before. The reason I asked that is because I want to know, is there any of that Raymond still left in the Raymond today? 
I think there is. And how do you access him, or what? Is, what is your access to him? I think. I think. Um. I mean, if you in my house and in my office, there's you know there's still like figurines, right? right of right. like certain characters mm-hmm. that I love back then, Spider Man, Dear Hulk. Um. You fuck with the new movie. Yeah, yeah, I fucked with it. Movie was fire. Yeah, I did watch it. It was fire. And I would get it on DVD and Blu-ray. So <laughs> when it comes out, like that's just how I am with yeah, that. Yeah, that shit. movie's fire. That and, new shit was fire. And I read comic books coming up, mm. so that was my thing too, um, because it also tapped into like that whole uh, the art side of me, right. sketching and drawing. Oh, so you could draw. Yeah, back then I was extremely right. nice with it, um, and I lost that passion a little mm-hmm. bit when I went to prison. So that was that Raymond, and that Raymond, you know, he loved to go to school, hang out with the fellas, and we was we was on a Easter vacation coming mm-hmm. up. So right. yep. it was like, okay, what are we going to do tonight? Because uh, as long as I tell my dad, like, I'm going to hang out or go mm-hmm. to a party or something, then my, my curfew will be extended. Mm-hmm. At a 9 o'clock curfew, but he'll push it back as long as he know I'm going to not just hang on the block. Right. So they was like, well, there's a party over at the Schomburg. And um, I knew some cats over at the Shamba who lived in the duplex, not mm-hmm. in the tall buildings. And there were some nice girls over there, All right? So that's what the plan Nothing was. No, yeah, the plan was we gonna meet up, right? Go with our crew over to the Schomburg, and then try to get that party, right? And see what's in there, right? 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 right you know right. what I'm saying? So that was the that that's what that night was about. What is New York like at the? Because it's one thing to hear. You you guys seen a Grapevine episode I was on when we discussed you guys and. You know, it's one yeah. thing to hear people my age or a little young, a little older, and talk about Harlem or New York City in general um, at that time in 89. Mm-hmm. But you were there. Yeah. What was, if you had any recollection, what was the 80s, what was New York City like in 89? It was 80, vibrant. 89? Very vibrant. Like, I mean, like, people was always outside, right? People always hanging out on the block. You can literally walk down avenues and, and it was always, it was always people, right? And, and... I mean, I live. My grandmother lived on 119th Street in Lexington. Okay. If we standing out on the block, I mean, you can see Alpo coming through back then, mm-hmm. right? Rich, um, not Rich, but AZ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Slick Rick, yeah. Rock him. This was an avenue that was popping, so cats would come through in their cars, bumping their music, right? It was just culture everywhere. So it was really like paid, that opening scene in Paid and Full. Yeah, but it was that was like Harlem, period. Right, so right. you can go on any avenue. You know, the Schomburg kids, they lived on Fifth Avenue, but if you went on Madison, right. it was just as popping as Lexington. Gotcha. Right? And so the dudes- Willie's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. Cats who had cars, that's what they would do. They would drive up and down those avenues, and if they see somebody, they pull up double park, music bumping, and they just sitting there kicking Are you seeing it. Busy B at the time? Yeah, yeah, Busy yeah. Busy I wouldn't be here without Busy B. <laughs> I, like, I remember seeing Paid in Full and, and him. My dad used to have these cassettes. He probably still got him, but he had the cassette of uh, it was Busy B versus Kumo D. Mm. That battle, and it was on a tape. I'm like, what kind of battle is this? Like, I'm I'm listening to it in the in, in the time of like Nas and Jay Z. So I'm like, yeah. this ain't no battle, bar to the bar to bar. Yeah. But then I just happened to like listen to it again the next day, and I was like, oh, now he's kind of like controlling the crowd. Yeah. And then you see paid in full, and you seen the reaction. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. No, vibrant. I mean, I mean, I remember my OG Jay Boss rolling dice against Dapper Dan. Mm. You know what I'm saying? On 118th Street in Lexington, losing a lot of money. <laughs> Listen, like that, a lot that of money lost on the dice game. On the dice Harlem. game, that was Harlem, right? That was Harlem. So, so in that moment, because right now, and, and, he, and especially after you, you, uh, you guys mm-hmm. uh, wrong wrongdoing, there was an air of of uh, you know, be careful. 
you're a young black boy. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Was that was that air still there when you were growing up? Because it seemed like it, as if it wasn't. It seemed as if you guys were literally the New York that we only hear about where you guys still were walking around just being able to be kids almost. Yeah. Like, because yeah. a, definitely after y'all. After that, it was over. It was, there yeah. was no young black boys walking around. None of that. Um, I remember just, you know, just to touch on real fast. There's there's the group rule, you know. You, we don't walk more than two or three in yeah. a group. No five or we to getting, a group. Or, yeah. or we getting pulled over and we getting harassed. And it was even like that on Long Island. Mm -hmm. you, if it's if it's four of us walking down straight path and wine dance where I'm from, you getting pulled you getting pulled over. They yeah. the, the Suffolk County police is they. What are you doing? Y'all yeah. gang? Oh, it's quiet for y'all. Go home. Yeah. So was what was that like? Because obviously we knew New York. Mm -hmm. It's liberal, I guess, but it's still they're still very it's very race oriented. So what was that like? What what was your thought process then? I mean, it wasn't like I mean, if you if you was hanging out on a block that was hot, mm -hmm. right? Then that's different, you know, because we did that too. Mm -hmm. Like you know, local cats that's getting money, all the girls is over there, the cars is over there. So we went over there and hung out too. Now, if you over there, then yeah, you got to worry about getting stopped or police jumping out till you get right. off the block. But it was like being free. We can walk. You know, several blocks down to uh, Johnson Houses and go hang out over there. You can walk over to Schaumburg and go hang out over there without having to worry about police jumping on your back. You just got to know somebody when you get yeah, over the, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Police would be the last year worried. That's right, the last right. thing you got to worry about. You know what I'm saying? But but other than that, it was free. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we can move around Harlem. When Yusuf says, you know, Central Park was our backyard. Like, they was in there all the time. That was nothing to them to right. be hanging out on 110th Street, 5th Avenue on that corner. You know what I'm saying? So you guys get to the park. Yeah. Well, we get to Schaumburg. We get to Schaumburg. We get to Schaumburg. Mm -hmm. We get to Schaumburg. And so we have mutual friends within our groups. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Yusuf. I didn't know Corey. I didn't know Antron. I didn't know Kevin. None of them. I knew none, none, none of them, them before this. I knew none of them before this. So we just have mutual friends. Whose idea was it to go in the park? I don't know. Um, but they did go in the park at that entrance on 110th Street because it was part of hanging out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so... Uh, we do go in there, we do go in there, and maybe like 10 minutes in, you know, a cop car pulls up and they hit us with the spotlight. Right. Right. And so as kids, what we do, mm. everybody run. Yeah. Right. That's what we did. Fuck it, let's just run. Mm -hmm. And and the, the group scatters. And so it's at that point that um, I'm with some other cats that I don't know. Right. right. So I'm like, I got to find my, my guys. And so we wind up traveling deeper into the park. Because now I'm trying to find the dudes I came with. Right. And in that time period of us scattering, um, some other incidents happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a man gets assaulted. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there was two people on the bike who said that kids try to push them off the bike. Um, stuff like that. And so when I get back and meet with the group, all that stuff has transpired. And y'all didn't know. Yeah, we didn't gotcha. know. We find out. They tell us. Right. And so we're like, okay, well, let's go find the rest of the guys we came with and let's get out of here. Right. And so we wind up traveling deeper into the park. And we wind up walking all the way down to, like, the reservoir. Right. Right? So we get to the reservoir, and it's a dude that's jogging on the reservoir. Mm -hmm. And he gets approached by one of the kids. Now, this kid I knew. Right. right? But he was a bigger kid, and he swung on him. Right? Mm -hmm. Started beating the dude up right. by the reservoir. So we looking at this shit like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> right? right? But but Jermaine was such a big kid, mm -hmm. nobody could stop him. Right. He's going to do what he want to do. And so somebody says- Shout out to all the Jermaines of the world. Yeah, to all the Jermaines. You need I know, a Jermaine in the crew. I know a, I know a bunch of them, too. 
I do, I do, I do. Look, you seen I, I was with my Jermaine in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You needed Jermaine. You, yeah, you do, you do, you do. I knew a bunch of my time, and you're right. They all goons. Word up. And so Jermaine's keep the culture intact. Def- the culture definitely, balance. definitely. And so, um, and so at that moment, somebody says police, and everybody scatters and runs. But we run to the west side, so we run out like on a um, somewhere like maybe Hundred Street or something okay. on the west side. And it's at that point that we're walking up Central Park West, and the police jump out on us. Mm-hmm. And so, when they jump out on us, it's two plainclothes cops. They jump out on us, and the crowd jump. The, the crowd scatters. Right. But a lot of people have left at this time. Right. Right. So it's maybe like fifteen of us walking up Central Park West, and when the police jump out, everybody runs. I'm the young dude. I'm fourteen years old, mm-hmm. so I keep walking. Right. Right. And so, the dude named Officer Reynolds, he grabs me. And he puts me against the wall. And I'm like, yo, why are you grabbing me? So he hit me in the back of the head with a walkie-talkie, right? And it was like, shut the fuck up. Don't say right, nothing. Right, right. Ain't nothing to talk about. And so he puts me on the wall, and he puts this other kid on the wall named Steven Lopez. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that moment, the other his partner, Officer Powers, he jumps over the wall, and he starts chasing after people. Gotcha. And that, you see in the film, he mm-hmm. grabs Kevin. Right. Right? Um, so that night, it was about five or six of us that got arrested. And so they take us to the precinct. Um, they do the whole mugshot stuff, and they start telling us to call our parents. Mm-hmm. So originally, we was charged with like trespassing, menacing, um, misdemeanors, simple shit, simple stuff that was going to give us. That's a de- the parents take it. That's exactly to what home. it was. Once your parents come pick mm-hmm. you up, get you out of there. And so we was in there to the next morning. All of y'all, all of us. Okay, um, just waiting for parents to come and pick us up. And so uh, I know, at, you know, there's something that it's, it's, it's a point in time where they're like, you know, you got to hold us because detectives want to talk to us. Gotcha. So we don't know what is going mm-hmm. on. And so I know they take Kevin first in the room. Okay. Um, and he's in there for a long ass time. So where y'all, is, how true is well, it from the movie? Y'all are all, when that happens, y'all are all sitting in that little yeah, classroom we, looking yeah, area? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's called the juvenile room mm-hmm. at, at the Central Park mm-hmm. Precinct. So we're sitting in there, but then they take us out and they put us in the waiting area, and they take Kevin in there first. So at that moment, at that moment, what's your what is your thought process? We don't know. We mm-hmm. we're still like on some like, all right, we wait for parents to get here so they can take us home, right? Kev moms might have been the first one there. So that's what you. So in your mind, oh, he's probably going home. He's probably going home. Yeah. So they got him in the room and he's in there for a long ass time, and so when he finally comes out, they we don't see him like they just direct him. In a different direction, they take him out to precinct, and, and his people go with him. And so we're like, okay, well he left, right? And then they're like, all right, Ray, you next. So I'm just thinking like they're gonna ask us some questions, and then we're gonna go. And so my dad, hey, he had got there, but he had to go to work. Right. And so you know now this is about six in the morning, and he's like, listen, he tells my grandmother like, well, it's a disappearance ticket, just stay with him, get him home after I take care of him later. And so um. We're like she's like, all right, cool, and so we go into the room. And your grandmother at the time doesn't speak doesn't speak she any doesn't, English. She, she knows like curse words and shit like that in English, but right, she can't right. carry a full conversation. Gotcha. So as we get in this room, the detectives they asking me questions, but then they also have to interpret, you know, saying in Spanish to her, mm-hmm. right? And so that makes the process like extra long and shit. And um, and so uh. uh um, and it starts with regular questions. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what happened? Who was you with that night? What did you see? Stuff like that. And 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 I tell them, you know, this is what I, I didn't see really nothing. You know? Um, and so the que- it, 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 the questioning 
it gets a little more intense, nice and you know, slowly but surely. And but then there's still the process of him having to uh interpret. So every couple of the times he stops to talk, he has to talk to my grandmother. Right. And how good is your Spanish at the time? My, my Spanish is twisted. So so, it, so, so we both you, we both in trouble. Oh, because you because yeah. you're not because you don't know if they're telling your grandmother. Well, I know I understand what he's telling her. He I, understands I, what yeah. he's translating yeah, to her. I understand what gotcha. he's translating. I just can't speak it as fluent as gotcha. so I understand what he's telling her. And so then it becomes a point where, you know, another detective, he he asks my grandmother, can I talk to you in the hallway? Mm-hmm. And because she doesn't see anything happening, she thinks that everything is cool. So she gets up and she walks out. Right. And then that's when it starts. Right. And so um, for me, you know, this tall detective walks in and he's getting like a got a cup of coffee and he's he says something to the other guy like, so this is the fucker that did it. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, yeah, but he's not telling us everything. Mm. And so in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck is you talking about, <laughs> right? Right. But I look at this detective, and he just stares at me, right? He, he gives me the stare, and he's like, what the fuck are you looking at? And I'm like, oh, right? So that's like that's like breaking right. the ice. I'm right. like, what the right. fuck is going on? Right. So and then my grandmother comes back in at the this room. point, there was no interaction with police in your yeah. normal 14-year-old yeah. life. None of that. You. So besides running or some shit, you know. Right, right, you right. Know, course, but, but none of that. And so... So here it is, like, you know, my grandmother comes in, she sits down, and then we just start the line of question all over again. And then he, you know, then he's like, so what about this woman? And I'm like, what woman you talking about? Right. And he's like, the female jogger that was raping in the park. And for me, I'm like, oh, this is some other shit. Like, I ain't <laughs> see none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And so we start going back and forth on that, Right. But every time he will make me start from the top again. So, all right, let's start from the top. Where was you at? Who was you with? What did you see? Boom, boom, boom. Now, what about this woman? And then I will still say, I ain't seen no woman, mm-hmm. right? And so that line of questioning starts to get a little more rough. What's the room feel like at this moment? Um, I mean, it, it's it's it started out big, but mm-hmm. then it starts to close, right? Right. And as the pressure intense and it mounts, it gets smaller and smaller. So I want you to take me to the moment where. You feel it, right? Okay. You you, right. you feel that they broke you. Where you. was where's that moment? It's in it's all right. So so basically, they took my grandmother out three times. Okay. The third time is where they got me. Gotcha. Right, because my grandmother at this point now we're wrestling with. I'm a, well after the second time that my grandmother leaves. Okay. I'm a little shaken when she comes back, because at this point, they they didn't touch me, but they get right real, in your face. They really they getting really the close. Tactics. It's coming, and so. When she comes, when when they take out the third time, now I'm kind of shook because mm-hmm. now she's leaving. Right, I know what's gonna happen. And when they take out the detective who's talking to me, it's Detective Arroyo. That's when he starts getting loud, starts getting boisterous, and he, you know, he bangs on the table. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. And he and he goes, you know, I'm tired of this shit. You gonna give me what I want? And he reaches over the table, and it's at that moment I feel like he's gonna kill me. Right. Right, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm not gonna make it out this precinct. And it's at that same moment that there's a detective in the back of the room by the name of Hardigan. Okay, and he stops him. The right? good cop. The good cop. And he starts yelling, "What the fuck are you doing? Are you crazy, man? Get the fuck out the room, all of y'all. Get the fuck out!" And he kicks everybody out the room. And it's at that moment, I feel like he saved my life. Yeah, okay. And it's right at that moment. So when he comes back and he pulls up the chair and he's like, you know. I know you a good kid. I know you ain't do this shit. But these guys in other precincts and they saying you did it. I'm trying to help you, but I need your help. And in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck do I say? Cause I don't know. 
Right. And so he pulls out the picture of Kevin Richardson. He slides and he says, do you know him? And I say, nah. And he says, that's Kevin Richardson. You see that scratch under his eye? That came from the woman when she was fighting him off. Mm. And he says, he going to jail, but I don't want you to go to jail. So I need your help. And he just slides the picture and he falls back. And he just sits there and lets me look at the picture. And it's at that mind, my, at that time, my 14-year-old mind is saying, how do I get out of this shit? Right. Right? And at that moment, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm a lie. It is what it is because the pressure is just so great that I just say, he did it. And he says, who? And I say, Kevin. And he says, what did he do? And I say, he raped a woman. And he says, all right, but how? Motherfucker, I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because at this time, are you a virgin? Like, nah. do you even know how sex looks or? I mean, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> your boy's eye in the field yeah. <laughs> at that moment. But so, so in that moment, so, but but there's no real um concept of what rape is. Yeah, and, of what, what rape it looks like. Yeah, right? what it looks like. None of that shit. Um, and so I really don't know how to paint this picture. And so then he helps me and he says, um, well, you know, what about this person, right? And but he but as he helps me, he guides me. So he says, like for instance, he says, "What about Stephen Lopez?" Now I don't know Stephen Lopez, okay. right? That was so, just the guy that you got. He got arrested. Up with. He got arrested that mm-hmm. night. Um, I didn't know him at all. And he says, "What about Stephen Lopez?" We know he did something, <laughs> right? We know he did something. And and this woman was found with all these injuries, you know, to the face and and and, and around the eyes, and something had to be used—a rock, a brick, a pipe. Like, this is what he tells me. Mm-hmm. So he's feeding me options. Right. Right? And then my mind is, I'm like, a brick. And he says, well, who had it? And I go, Steven Lopez? Yeah. Mm. And he writes it down. And so he just gives me the names. What about Antron McCray? And the reason why he gets Antron's name is because, as you see in the film, his friend Clarence Thomas got arrested that night, and he gave up Antron's name. Gotcha. So he gave me that name. And I just said, oh, Antron McCray. This is what he did. And in my statement, it's really only Kevin, Steven, and Antron. So how did Steven get removed from? Because he never made a statement. So Steven Lopez was the guy who was supposed to be the third trial, right? Mm. Because he don't have no evidence against him. He never made a statement, but but, but they labeled him as a ringleader. And so when it was time for his trial, he was just so afraid that he copped out to a robbery charge. He pleaded. Instead of going all the way to trial, and he wound up he wound up getting like a one and a half to a three and a half, and he wound up serving like three years, mm. and then he went home. But he's the person that you don't know that nobody hears about. Mm. Yeah. So we we got what happened that night. We know the moment that they broke you, right? Mm-hmm. So now there's a scene that I, I, everybody I talk to it. it it's the it's one of the most heartbreaking scenes in the in the film when they see yeah. us streaming on Netflix. Um, when you tell your dad, when your dad finally comes in, um, you know, played by uh, John Leguizamo, he comes in and he finally has the time and he he comes to help. And you and, and like roles have kind of been reversed. Like you're yeah. now yeah. the man of the family. Yeah, and you're like, Dad, I got this. I got this. Your grandmother doesn't know what happened. Um, oh, she doesn't have any real yeah. knowledge of what's happening. Yeah, sure, Your dad knowledge. is sitting here like, yo, I thought this was a desk appearance. Like, what's happening? Yeah. And you're, obviously, we've addressed, you're broken. And at this point, 
are you believing you're going home at when you sign this or like what is what is 14 year old Raymond in this moment thinking? Yeah, he's believing that he's going home because he's been told that over and over again by Detective Hardigan. If you help me, I help you. Even though Raymond's lying. But mm-hmm. Raymond is like, fuck it, y'all figure that shit out later. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get out this precinct. You know what I'm saying? And so when my dad comes in, you know, um, when my dad comes in and, th- well, after I do the first statement, they take me to another precinct and I have to do the second statement because that first statement is really illegal because there's no guardian no present. Guardian, right. So they bring me to do the second statement and they do the same thing. Right, but this one now, this statement, my first one is two and a half pages long. This one is five pages long. Because now this detective, he's seasoned. He's just adding shit. Right. What about this? What about that? Oh, and he's writing it down. And at this point, because I'm sold on the deal, I'm just like, oh, yeah, learning shit out. Right. And so when my dad comes in and he sits in there and we're going to, we're reading the statement because I'm getting ready to sign it. And he's like, what the fuck? What what the fuck is this? Right, right. Like you said, right. it's a death superior ticket. How I went from that to this shit. Right. And so uh, Mike Sheehan at the time, who's that, that was a detective, he threatens my dad. Right? Similar to what, what, what McCray went through. What, Trump, okay, with right? that. Okay. Yeah. So he threatens my dad, you know, like, listen, we can make shit very hard for you. You need to just relax. We got this shit. We the police. And so my dad kind of just, like, falls back. Right? Because it's already a done deal. And then I signed the statement. And um, and so um, that scene where you see me handcuffed, mm-hmm. that's a real scene. Right. That really happened because my dad is like, can I get him some food? And they tell him to lower you up. And then he does come back with like a burger, but I'm cuffed. And that's the first time that I slept in that scene. When you right lay in your grandmother's lap. Yeah. So you didn't, and if I remember correctly, you didn't go home. No. You from from April nineteenth or should I say twentieth, yeah, nineteen eighty nine to December, the time you get out yeah. of December, juvenile. This, no, to to December of uh, nineteen ninety five. Mm. Yeah. So we go to let's go to the trial. Yeah. Right? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are you believing now that everything is coming out? You're seeing these other four guys. You guys are seeing, or should I say five, because Steven Lopez is It was more. It was, it was maybe at the time, because we went through, like, pre-trial and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, and there was uh, Steven Lopez was there. There was Michael Briscoe. Um, at this point, a lot of the other guys, their cases got dropped. Right. Or they copped out to, like, salt charges. Like, Jermaine Robinson copped out to that. He assault yeah. at the reservoir. He, uh, he copped out to that. 
and they all just moved on with their lives, and we the only ones still fighting. Right. So yeah. the trial date, do you remember the trial date? I don't remember the trial date. But it's it's not it's it's not soon, right? It's no. not right after. So no. you so what is for how is fourteen year old Raymond surviving <laughs> that <laughs> that that time period where you because it's what that's eighty nine. So yeah. what that you was in the uh in Spofford. 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 So what is for how's fourteen year old Raymond surviving Spofford where New York's Quick. juvenile hardened criminals and criminal grounds are? Quick. From the door. From the door. I mean, you know, I come from Harlem and, and you know, I got OGs and, right, right. and and I seen a lot of shit in the street. So I knew going in there it had to be quick. Because we get in there, we get in the intake, and in intake, the I mean, the staff member comes down by near Washington. And he's sitting and he's like, yo, you know, you dudes is all over the newspaper. We didn't know. That was the first time. So we all for you. No, all, it was more. It was. Well, at, most of y'all are in Spofford together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and Corey and, and another kid by the name of Michael Briscoe, they go to Rikers Island. Rikers, right, because they're 16. They're 16. And so, um, and so, uh, uh, and he's telling us like, yo, the whole jail want to get you. And we're like, the whole jail? He's like, yeah. And then we had to go into these showers you know, you got to go in there and get naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it's me and Yusuf, in, you know, in the showers and, and dudes is banging on the glass, like, you know, and it's at that moment, you got to make a decision, mm-hmm. right? And my decision was, fuck that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't going to happen that easy. And and so Raymond Raymond changes. Right. Within an that, instant. That, that fast? That fast. So who's, who's, who's this new Raymond? Raymond, um... Raymond becomes a criminal, man. Believe it or not, Raymond Raymond becomes this person that because now when you say the whole jail's after, you don't know where it's coming from. So now you're always on guard. Always on, on guard. Struggle. And if somebody say something, you got to make him an example, hmm. quick, because it has to. You know, you you have to show other people like it ain't gonna be that easy. And it happened the next morning. You know, we in breakfast and I'm sitting there and and dudes is across the mess hall and they're like, yo, tap him. And when I turn, it's like four or five dudes. They're like, we're going to see your ass. And it's at that moment, I'm like, fuck. Right? And so. What was your record at that time? What was your what was your, what was was your your record with the hands before I mean, you got in there? I mean, I ain't, I, I can't, I didn't really have a record. Like, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean. It few was, scuffles. Yeah, a few scuffles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't want to get my gap shit all fucked up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we was at the gap every week buying sweaters and shit. I wasn't trying to get my shit all scuffed right, right, up. Absolutely, so, absolutely. But this was serious. Yeah. So, you know, my response was, you know, I looked at him, and then I got up, and I was like, y'all not going to do shit. Y'all niggas is pussy. And then I grabbed see the milk, and, and I threw it at him. I just want to see. Y'all see why? <laughs> just off, off. You just got you to open the Frank stand immediately. You got to be like, yo, what? It's what? 7 a.m.? Frank stand open. Everybody suck my dick. Y'all niggas pussy. Fuck yeah. is up with y'all niggas. Yeah, yeah. So so that's, so and then obviously that's just, I I, I never went to prison. I, um, I never did more than, you know, the, the few overnights or whatever. So I never had to survive in that. You know, yeah. I had to survive in the streets. What is that? Like surviving, is is it like the movies? Is it is it like that day? Is it gladiator school every day? It can be, it can be. I mean, I mean, for me, I think that that move, right, of me throwing the milk mm-hmm. at the, the four dudes, telling y'all fuck y'all, and then me coming towards them, that stopped a lot of shit. 
Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? It let people know, like, all right, it ain't gonna be that easy to just front on them. Because prison, you know, if if you show the if you show the weakness, then motherfuckers will prey on you just because. Now you just become recreation. Right. Right? And Sparfit had all these young kids that they'll come in your room middle of the night, flip your whole bed over. Like just for wreck. Mm-hmm. They'll do shit. And so it was just like you have to set that mark. Like, you come in my room, I'm gonna whip your ass. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um I think from that one instant, everything changed. Right. So, because I always wanted, I always wanted to ask this question to anyone in there: Where's the kids at? Right. And when I say that, I mean these are still kids. No matter yeah. how, I was doing, I was doing kick doors. I was doing B and E's, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. But I was still at home watching wrestling, and I was still at home playing with action figures and playing Pokemon. I was still in. I was still finding myself being a kid, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I would ask in that instant, because this is just my belief, when you enter an institution that's so young, you're that age. like yeah. you're tra- So where are the kids? Not just you. Like, Are there sprinkles of people still see- somewhat having a childhood within yeah. these walls? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, there's, you know, you see it on the basketball court, right? Of course. Of course. You, you was you, nice? Not at that point. <laughs> at that point, I was straight trash. But um, but you see it on see, the Leo, basketball court. There's hope for you. Yeah, <laughs> Leo, you can find a jump shot. <laughs> it's always there. You just gotta practice that shit. Muscle, muscle niggas only got defense. Yeah, yeah, that's what they tell you. Yeah, they play jailhouse ball. Right? <laughs> I can't even joke. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. And he's on you crazy, like. <laughs> You're like, yo, slow down, man. You're like, ref, foul, ref, foul. Five times already, ref. Get him out of here. Yo, he's at, put him on the bench. Put him on the bench. He for can't real. play chef because chef knees is bad. So it's just me and you. <laughs> One crossover is over, right? Yo, man, <laughs> all seven foot two of chef, he coming dead. <laughs> Don't be looking like no Hardy commercial. Come on, man. <laughs> no, but yeah, that, that, that's something I really care to know. Like, there has to be kids, right? Yeah, like, it's even there. the toughest kids I knew growing up. Like there was kids, if people from my neighborhood thought I was tough, there was kids way tougher than me. And even they had moments where, yeah. yo, you want a new Pokemon? Like, what, nigga? Yeah. Or when you're watching TV, mm-hmm. right? Because you get their TV time, you see it then, you see it during the card game, right? Right. The only thing that is jail, it can change quick. Mm-hmm. But for a card game. So you're always there's always that balance, right? There's yeah. always that, all right, we kids, but this could get ugly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, what, and, and you how, can joke, right? But it can get ugly. Now you see, I joke all the time. How was those jokes? Because New York's known for roasting, yeah. So, I, and I know there had to be funny niggas in there. Oh yeah, definitely. how was that? Like, definitely. how was that maneuvering? Because, like you said, a joke mm-hmm. could easily go from "Oh, this nigga hilarious" to "Oh, this nigga got a buck fifty. Yeah, what was that like? And I and I seen that. I seen a joke. Where a dude's getting ranked on and everybody's laughing at him, and then he feels like, oh shit, he got to do something, and then he just snuffs you, boom, and then he starts to fight, because it, at that point, Rikers Island had all the razors and the knives. Mm-hmm. Spofford didn't. Spofford okay. was more knuckle game. Okay, um, you might get jumped, right? Um, razors and all that was introduced later on. Gotcha. But in the beginning, it was mostly knuckle game, and and if depending on what side of the building you was on, like you you would get jumped. So now that you're in there, you're, you're, you're 
But how is Raymond finding his childhood? What are you what what are you sketching? Sketching. Yeah. A lot of drawing. Um that was that was it right there for me. Like once I got a pad and I got some pens and, and that's when I started I started to really sketch at that point. And and what is happening or what is your knowledge to what's happening with your case? Um you you just know that it's moving forward. You don't really you don't really for me, fourteen years old. You know, I don't really know like the ins and outs. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the legal terms. All I know is that I have to appear in court and I'm not going home. And then I'm trying to get bail, right? Because at this point now, um, you remember what your bail was back then? It started at like two hundred fifty thousand. Jesus. Christ. And then as the months went by, then they started dropping it to like two hundred, one hundred fifty, hundred like that. And so uh, when it gets to around fifty, cats is leaving. So Yusuf was like the first one to bail out. I think he might have been. Him, uh, Kev got bailed out, uh, and then uh, Steven Lopez got out, and then I think Antron was. Are you guys close in there in Spofford? Are you guys uh, at least keeping well, because in Because what they did was they separated us. Gotcha. So now when we get into Spofford, they put us on different housing units. Um, and then um, me and Antron wind up being in, like, not the same dorm, but we wind up being in, like, because it, it was, like, the B side. So we wind up being on the B side, and Steven Lopez was on the B side. And Kevin was on the other side. He was on the D side. Um, and so all of them start to bail out. And it's just me and Antron left. And then Antron leaves. And then it's just me by myself. Is there any uh, animosity between y'all while in there? Or not even that you guys have to see each other face to face. But once you guys know, you're like, yo, this nigga said this about me. This nigga said this about Was there any animosity nah. just within? No. Nah. No animosity because... Um, at, by this by this time now everybody understands what happened. Y'all getting real. Y'all understand yeah. that y'all getting fucked. Yeah, Got all you. of us. And so now it, it, it's like what you see in the film. At this point, we're like, all right, let's just band together and fight against the system. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But um, but then everybody starts bailing out. And you get left. And I get left. Now, now, Me and Corey get left. And when you get left, you're what 15? Yeah. Celebrate. What was that first birthday like in there? Oh, I can't even remember. Like it was that long ago. Um, but it's 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 just a day, right? It's just a day because at this point, you know, um, people are still skeptic of me in there, right? Some people think I did it. Some people, you know, they just don't know. So it, it isn't really no real. What celebration. are the kids saying? Because these are kids, so yeah, yeah. but obviously criminals or yeah. perceived criminals. Yeah. So their viewpoint is a little different than the average kid that would be outside. Mm-hmm. So are they interacting with you guys? Are you personally oh, as yeah. if you're you did this, or are they like, nah, man. No, they start interacting like we didn't do it, and mm. I think that it comes from when, like, when you take that stance and you punch, you punch a couple motherfuckers in the mouth, right? Then there comes the mutual respect, and then once they start watching you, they start to say, "This nigga ain't really no criminal," right? They start seeing your actions, and even staff, because there was a lot of staff in there who started to rally behind me. Now, when say rally behind, me. meaning like started to be supporters mm. in in, in Spofford, where they was like. These kids ain't do this shit. So what is that? So what does a staff member and shout out to them? Yeah, definitely what, shout out to them. Um, what does support from a staff member in that situation look like? Um, um, extra phone time. Okay, got um, you. You know, because by, by this time, when, when they start to see the change in me, and they start to see that, uh, you know, when they start to say, "Well, we don't think he did that," I'm a different person now. You know what I'm saying? And what you see in the film mm-hmm. where I'm running the phone. Yeah. I'm running the whole yeah. half of the building. You know what I'm saying? At that point. And so they're like, okay, 
this dude ain't. He, he might be a criminal right now, but right. he ain't do that shit. Right, right. And they see the respect that I that I command from the guys that's with me, right? Because now at this point, you know, um, after I'm, you know, about fifteen, I'm you know I got about twenty thirty dudes behind me. Fire. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's different now. And 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 so when cats come into the jail and they say they don't know, right? And so when a cat come into the jail, because this happened, cat come to jail, I'm going to court. And he's like, yo, you that rapist dude, right? And so when I get up, like, motherfucker, who you talking to? And he gets up, five other dudes get up. Mm. And then he's like, mm. and then I'm like, all right, we'll handle this later. And then I was going to court every day. Yeah. So the next day, the next time I'm going to court and he's going to court, he's on the Bronx side, right? Mm. He's going to the Bronx. And he gets his shit wired. Right. Right? And, um... And then the other dude that was with him, you know, when we go to the yard, he's like, yo, can I talk to you? And I'm like, what do you want to talk about? And he's like, I want to apologize. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? So now it's totally different. And so now at that point while I'm there, staff members is like the privileges is different. Yeah. Because in Spofford, if you had the back room, that was the status. Got you. I had the back room, right? And so staff be like, Ray, get on the phone. There's some food back there for you. It was totally different then. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And are you, uh, well, how are the guys interacting with you now that that you run, or you, well, you're there by yourself? So yeah, they by don't myself. know nothing. They don't know. So until they, they, they just. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know until we blow trial. Mm-hmm. Like Yusuf didn't know, and Antron didn't know until we, they that came guy, back. That, that, that you was running. Yeah, through. until they came back. Mm-hmm. And because now when Yusuf come back, you know, Cass is like, oh, yeah, we're going to see him. And I'm like, no, you're not. You know what I'm saying? It's a difference now. And they're like, oh, yeah, we not. And then Yusuf was like, woo, we good. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, y'all good. So, yeah, let, let's talk about the trial. Yeah. Um, I mean, we the, the film cover it. I'm pretty sure you, you know, you see it however many times a day you have to see it. Um, <laughs> That's what enough. Right. Yeah. So it, it just, what is your, the 14, 15 getting railroaded like that? A lot of people in the film uh, or a lot of people after the film uh, talked about your lawyer. The, the very funny portrayal. Yeah. How real of a portrayal of your lawyer was that? Real. I mean, he was he was my dad's divorce lawyer, mm. right? And, and um, former he, cop, right? Yeah, former cop. He and my and my dad was dating his cousin at the time. Okay. Right. Um, we're not gonna say who she was, but nope. he was dating his cousin. Cousin, and, you you getting nobody know nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. <laughs> He was dating his cousin, and and he was handling my dad's divorce, and my dad gave him eleven thousand dollars, right? A thousand dollars for the divorce, ten dollars, ten thousand was for me, and um, and he handled my case, and um, you know, it was just here. Here's a recording, talking to that, tell me what happened. It was like it was just so it was bullshit. Did you feel it? Like going through it, was there a point where you were like, uh, I'm fucked? Yeah. Yeah, okay. no, definitely. Like with him, it was just like, my man, are you going to say something? Like, are you like that shit is in the film? That shit is serious. no, I remember it's there because I remember my mom. You you talked to her. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Shout out, mom. Every time, every <laughs> like, literally on my way here, I'm, I'm, me and my homegirl were driving. She called me. She said, "What you doing?" I said, "I'm in Atlanta." She said, "You in Atlanta? Yeah, you 
close to my boy Raymond? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to meet him right now. Like, well, well, just tell him. You know, I know they're not babies no more, but when I meet them, I'm giving them a hug. I said, all right, Mom. I'm, I'm going to tell him you said hi. You tell him I'm wearing a shirt. I said, Mom, you stole it from me. I don't think he wants to know that you stole the shirt from me. Stole the shirt. We got you some more, Mom. We yeah. sent you some more. Don't worry about it. But yeah, once she found out it was Park Madison, all that other stuff you sent me, and that's all in her closet. Oh, it's all in her closet. I said, what are you I doing? I got to say, you new shit then. Yo, she, the, the, the joint, the joint I be rocking with the with the with the uh, with the, Binge, with yeah. the, with the, with the BBSs. BMW. Yeah, the BBSs. Now she got to say, yo, what are you doing? She said, I like this now. <laughs> I said, yo, you're a clout chaser. No, but my my mom loves y'all. I tell you, my mom loves y'all. Um, but what was that? I'm sorry. Uh, no. So now you're at this point where you're like, fuck, I'm 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 fucked. Yeah. Is there somewhat comfortability, like not a comfortability, but is there like a sense of, all right, I'm fucked, but at least I know I'll be good in here because I'm 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 the man in here. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even there's a it's it's not in the is it, yeah it's in the film where they offer the cop out, yep. right? And yep. and and they and really I had to agree, and we all had to agree to the cop out. And I was the person that was really like, well, we how much we getting? And they was like, well, you'll get a two to six. And I'm like, shit, I got over a year and I'm good. You know what I'm saying? If it went in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yusuf was the one that was like, nah. And then Antron was like, nah. And then I was like, nah. But if they would have had agreed to a cop, I was the one that had benefited from it because I had because the you was time. already in. I was already in. God damn. You know what I'm saying? So now the try happens. Y'all see. Um, is the media having any effect on you? Is that is that bothering you? Are you able to somewhat tune it out because... I can inside. I can tune it out because I'm inside, but there was the newspapers. Like we get the newspapers every morning, and so you've seen. Yeah, you see it. So right? so you, talk, you see it. walk me through that morning. Walk, um, walk me through the morning. You see that that the, um, the paper because I mean it was every day. But I'm I'm talking about the 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 one that the I don't say his name. Uh, the one that the sitting president when mm-hmm. he took out that ad. Oh, I didn't see that one. Okay. I, I I didn't I heard about it okay but I didn't really know who he was gotcha right so it was like fuck, right because the kid fuck from him. New York like yeah, nobody nobody yeah, cared about just him just some nigga with some 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 towers midtown and, and he wasn't the only one it was mm. several people that was talking shit because at this point we was receiving major death threats right even to the jail there was I had death mail coming to the jail like with a with a uh, newspaper clipping of me and they would draw like nooses around my neck and knives and all type of shit and um and so. Also in the newspaper, they have printed our addresses, right, and our phone numbers. So my they, they was calling my dad's house all the time. How is this possible? This was New York City. Once you vilify and people and everything, yeah, yeah, and yeah, people perceive you to be who they think you are, then it's like fuck it. Whatever happens to them, happens to them. That's what they betting on. They want it to happen, and so um and so I never got to see that that article until later on, you know. But but I did get to see the paper every morning. And I got to read some of that stuff. And then also when I was going to court, because I was there all the time, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. COs, you know, they would drop the paper off. Like, yo, here. And I would get to read it. Right. Stuff like that. So are you keeping up with any sports in the paper at that time? Are you are you an are you are you a, at that time are you a avid Nick fan? No. At that time, my first introduction to basketball was UNLV. Larry mm, Johnson. Larry Johnson and Rebel Red. Yeah, that that became my team. Watching them play, and I hated Duke. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't stand the motherfuckers. But <laughs> listen, but, nothing has changed. I hate Duke. Yeah, I yeah. fucking hate Duke. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm mad that Zion was there because I like him. 
I just don't like. I don't even be counting it no more. Like it's one year. <laughs> it's one year. It's one year. We it's know where you're going. Like who cares? That's it. Get up out of there. Go get that. It's money. like thirteenth grade. Like nobody cares. <laughs> like I don't think he's gonna be repping Duke. Yeah. In, in, in three years when he's in, in college, <laughs> give a fuck. Um. Okay. So 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 you are so you yeah keeping because so, at that point right. I start to get more in tune with watching basketball and then I start playing basketball. Um. So so my introduction was the running rebels. And then it was it was Mike, but for me, I, everybody liked Mike, and I thought Mike was dope, but I didn't like Mike. Are you? Because the the at that time, what the, you go eighty nine and then time to, so Mike's real pinnacle is happening while you behind it. Yeah. So is it? A, did it have that same effect? Like, obviously, obviously, I wasn't wearing Jordans in there or no. or, or the apparel or anything. But is it having that same type of explosive yeah. eminence that's happening in there that was happening outside? Yeah. Like you're like, watching like this guy take over the watching, world? watching, watching. Cats is watching. And then we're playing ball now. So now everybody's Kats, trying to go out there and do the moves. Try to do the moves with these fucked up sneakers that they gave you to wear um, in the jail. Um, and the staff, you know, because staff, they older than us. Mm-hmm. Not that much. You know what I'm saying? But they older than us. So so there's a there's a connection there. And then they ball. Mm. So it was a lot of staff versus inmate games and shit like that, um, because when you with a staff person for eight hours or sixteen hours out it, of the day, it becomes a familiarity. Right? It, yeah, yeah, and and then when they start to watch you and they look at you and they go, "This nigga ain't do that shit," and then it becomes a more like of a caring, like I gotta watch this dude because he's not supposed actually to be what their here. job is to do. Actually, anyway. what, exactly. Got you. You know what I'm saying? And once they start to feel that way. Then they start to look at you different. They treat you different. How is uh, fashion... What is the world like that? Because from 89 to the 90s, there's a bunch of fashion trends happening. The hair, all that. So how are you keeping up with that? Is it just by whoever comes in there and there? No, because when you come in there, you're given a uniform. Gotcha. So that's, you're stripped of that, and you're given a uniform. You're given a pair of kangaroos back then, and, and, and you wear that, and um, you try to keep them clean. So when you go down to visit, you look halfway decent. Um, and then even when when I get transferred to the next facility, it's Which uh, is where? it's Goshen Secure Center, and and at there, it's a little different at that facility because you can wear your own clothes, right? It's a little more um, more on the rehabilitation side, right? But even then, fashion is still it's not it's fucked up. It's prison, right? 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 So motherfuckers ain't trying to run around with the latest cross color shit on because right. that's what the shit that was coming out back right. then. But there was more sports apparel. Okay. Because everybody balled, played football, so baseball. The champion gear come in there, the yeah, Russell, yeah, all that. Yeah, that um, uh, the NBA jerseys, right? That stuff started to come in, and then you, then Cass was wearing Mikes, um, and it was wearing Shacks and Reeboks. So and when you pumps. go to Goshen, well, before we even get there, mm-hmm. so to put a button on on that portion of it, the trial ends. Yeah. Did you did it did it hurt be, because you you had said before that there was a point where you were like I'm I'm fucked. So yeah. when you hear that, what because you, what you 15, 16, yeah. did, we we all have that. We I remember, you know my my worst being like just in handcuffs and I'm just like well you know the worst that can happen is and I you know our rationale was different. Mm-hmm. What is your rationale when you hear the guilty verdict? Um, life is over mm-hmm. because for me. Fifteen years old, I can't see that far. You can I, barely I, see the 
20. Exactly. And so to me, that shit feels like an eternity. Five years, this is 1990. I, I mean, when I look at it now, you're like, my, my parole board is four years away. But for me, that shit is like eternal. You know, I'm gonna be fucking old man by the time I get to the parole board. That's how I'm looking at it. You know what I'm saying? And so it feels like eternity, like it's just, I'm gonna stay in jail forever, you know, as a 15 year old kid. So now you're in Goshen. Mm-hmm. So now who comes with you to Goshen out of. Out by of, myself. You go to Goshen by yourself, yeah. everybody else goes. Well, Yusuf, because it was me, Yusuf, and Antron on trial, mm-hmm. first trial. So once we blow, Antron goes to Brookwood, Yusuf goes to Harlem Valley, and I go to Goshen. Mm, Harlem Valley, that's uh, Chingo Bing. Yeah. What yeah, do you yeah, run into yeah, Chingo Bing? Shout out to Chingo no, Bing. Yeah, Ching Bing. Of the, uh, that's the homie right there. Ching Bing of the uh, uh, Thugged Out Thursday. Thugged Out Thursday podcast. One of my favorite podcasts I yeah. ever did. Like, that yeah. shit was the most <laughs> ghetto, beautiful shit I ever did in my life. Like, shout out to the, shout out to Ching Bing and shout out to uh, Booth. Booth. No oh, Grand yeah. Booth. Mike Booth yeah. is the funniest. We'll talk about it. Mike Booth is the most hilarious person I ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Him and Ching Bing together. And you know what? Ching Bing is the same dude that I met at, you know, him being 13 or 14. Mm. Ching Bing is the same dude that he is today. Cool as fuck. Like to laugh. You know, uh, uh, you could talk to him. Always show you love. One of the guys that was getting it in. Right, 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 right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, he, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, you know, yo, Ray, I'm blowing right now. Hold me down. <laughs> like, Ching Bean was that dude. Like, right. he's the dude everybody likes. And right. he was younger than us. So he came up under us. Okay. And he was just a cool motherfucker. So you, you, you I don't know too many people that don't like Ching Bean. I Listen. Even if, in prison. If you don't like Ching Bing, <laughs> you're the problem. You're the problem. Um, For real. So now you're in Goshen, right? Yeah. Now, what is that now? Because now you're a quote unquote convict. Yeah. Are you are you waiting for that? Are you just in there just like what? Like, I don't even know how to put that. Like, what are you going through? In, in the beginning, there? I'm just in there. Mm-hmm. Right? In the beginning, I'm just in there and I'm just. Because you're not the man no more. I'm not the man no more. So now I got to go to a new place. Reestablish myself. The only thing that does happen is that because at the time Goshen might have had maybe like a hundred, no more than hundred fifty guys. When I get there, I know at least a hundred. Gotcha. Right. Because they all came up from Spafford. Yeah. Gotcha. But but I'm still not the man because there's other guys before me who were the man. Right. Right. At that time, and I know how to play my position. I don't come in there on some tough guy shit trying to take over shit because that's how you get your. Right. That's how you get your, your, your head. Shit, yeah. That's how you get your head knocked off. And so I come in and I just play my position, and I'm just trying to find myself and where do I fit in that space. Um, and so for me, um, you know, I'm liking vocational training shit. Okay. Like what auto body, oh, auto body, like I'm doing shit, because I don't have no real education. Gotcha. Right? And so- So I, y'all not, yeah, there's no schooling. There's schooling. Like, I, like when I come in, I was maybe eighth grade, ninth grade, and then and then um, Spofford, I get graduated, right, to high school in Spofford, and they got me at Julia Richmond, right? Okay. And so my dad's receiving cutting cards. I'm in jail. Right. And so once I get upstate, then it's all over. Like, now you got to go for a GED. Gotcha. And so, but in Goshen, you have to pass these set of exams before you can get to the GED, right? Just so that they know that you're you, you well-equipped, that you can handle the GED. But for me, that's not even on my mind. I'm just bidding, doing this auto body shit, trying to figure that out. Any bitterness? At that point, nah. At that point, nah. At, at that point, 
I'm just trying to be focused on I got to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Keep my head down. Now this is real deal, and I just got to make that finish line. Um, and it isn't until like maybe later on um, I meet this kid who was in Sparford with us back in the days, but now he goes to Rikers Island, and he comes back, and now he comes to Goshen. And this kid was like Malcolm X, right? Right. He knew the whole dictionary. He used these big ass words, and he loved to ridicule motherfuckers. Right, right. That was his thing. So he'll sit there, snap on you, and then he would just say these big ass words to you and have you looking stupid, and everybody start laughing, right? So, so this dude, he would do this shit all the time, and I'm like, this motherfucker not gonna do this shit to me. <laughs> like, if he do this shit to me, I'm gonna drop him right where he is. Right, 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 right. And I ain't wanna be embarrassed. So I said, you know what? Let me get my act together, start getting my education. Get your words. Get my words up, right? And so, no lie, this kid became my inspiration. And so I wind up um, passing all these exams, and then I wind up getting my GED. And, um, and I'm like, damn, I got my GED, so what's next? And the principal was like, well, you going to college. And so I'm like, going to college? Right. Because at this time, they had the college program in the prisons. And so I go into college. My first year, I'm like, academic probation. Just, I'm in there with a bunch, it's like 22 of us in the class, we all know each other, we in there just bullshitting, <laughs> laughing all day, right. giggling, you know what I'm saying, we not really doing the work, we in there copying off each other, certain courses, professors like, yo, I got like three duplicates, you motherfuckers in here cheating. <laughs> so it was bad, right? And so we all was on academic probation our first semester, and I was like, damn, like, we gonna get kicked out. And I said, I can't get kicked out. How you get kicked out of college in prison? Like, yeah, that's, where you go to the other hallway? Like, that's what I was about to ask. Like, like with, yeah, you don't you, come in this hallway no more. Yeah, you know yeah, you yeah. ain't that nigga. <laughs> you know you ain't part of this program. You know you ain't part of this hallway no more. Get your ass out of here. Get your ass. <laughs> so I was just like, damn, man. And, and so it's at that moment I started to take it serious. You know what I'm saying? I started to take college serious. And um, I got out for academic probation. And then um, I really started to focus. Um, and in focusing, I, I had this uh, this African studies course, right? And it's this guy by the name, his professor was named Latif Islam, mm. who was a big activist up in Poughkeepsie, New York. And he was our professor. And he had served time in prison, and he was there during the Attica riots and all that. Um, and so when he gave us a syllabus, you know, it was one book on a syllabus. But when the books came in the mail, we had about five or six different books. And I'm like, damn, why you give us all these books if we're not going to use them? And he looked at me and he was like, young brother, you don't understand this right now, but you will later on. This is going to be part of your arsenal. This is mm. what's going to equip you for life. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You sound crazy. But during that course, right, at that time, that movie American Me came out. Yes. Right? And they couldn't show that in the jail. Right. But because okay. we was college program, he showed it to us. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why the fuck are we watching this? Like, this is some crazy shit, right? right? And he, and then he goes into explaining, like, the cycle. You know what I'm saying? Of how, you know, the, the Mexican gangs and, right. and how it's hard to get out the, the revolving door of prison. And I'm like, damn, that shit makes sense. And it's at that moment that I start to look at these books that he gave me. And the first um, the first book I read was um, Malcolm X. Right. The right? autobiography. The autobiography. So I read. Because before that, we was reading, like, Donald Goins and yeah. Iceberg Slim. We was reading all yeah, the other yeah, shit. Yeah, all those, yeah. So now I'm like, let me read some real shit. So I read Malcolm X. And then um second book I read was A People's History by How I Was In, mm. right? Which talked about Columbus and all that shit. And that shit blew my mind. I was like, this motherfucker was a criminal. Yeah. Right? And I'm in here. And I'm in here. This motherfucker slaughtered a whole nation of people. <laughs> and so 
And then from there, it was like Black Economics, uh, Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. And these are the books that he gave us. So now my mind was open. I'm like, oh, shit, this shit is real. And and um, it, and it's at that point that I start to realize what happened to us, how we got bamboozled and how the system did us dirty. Um, and it's at that point that I say, all right, I'm a different man, right? So now I become the longest dude in, in Goshen. I'm the... Uh, now, what type of mental is that? Like, how did that feel? That shit is crazy. You're watching people leave. Yeah. And it's almost like a continued thing because you did that in Spofford. Mm-hmm. Now you're mm-hmm. in Goshen. Same thing. Like, is there is that weighing on you at any point where you're like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to be in here? Yeah. I mean, but 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 now I'm waiting my turn. Because you're, you're about to age out. I'm about to age out. And and now I have patience. Like, because these these reading these books gave me that. I became a different person. And so I become the longest person in the jail. I got the highest level in the jail. I can move around the whole jail whenever I want, just off of a phone call, right? So if you downstairs and you not want to see you, I have the staff call your staff and say, yo, Santana's coming down. No problem. Um, and then I became the liaison between administration and inmates. Okay. Right? So I literally had the highest level in the whole jail. Um, I even went to bed later than everybody else. Right. Um, and so, it, it, you know... I was a different person, and I felt that I was equipped. Like, when I come back out into society, I'm going to be ready. You know what I'm saying? I did my homework. I did my training. I did my push-ups. I'm going to be a different person. But when I come back, shit is different right. in New York. Because you get out, 95. 95. New York in 95. I'm six, and I remember it vividly. <laughs> we still, like, I, I remember it. Like, yeah. New York is different. There's, yeah. There's, there's, because... Are you keeping up with music while you're in there? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Goshen, you can't because I had a job. Okay. So I, I first started working in the mess hall, and then I started working um, maintenance. And so even the maintenance job allowed me to move around the whole jail. And so they paid us, you know, right. like $20 a week right, or some right. shit. So we was able to order cassettes. Okay. So, so I was, def- I was what's definitely- the first, what's, what's the first tape you, you remember popping the popping the, 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 the disc on? I think, oh, damn, because I had so many. I mean, I had I had like three, two or three shoe boxes, mm. and um, I mean, I bought everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you, you even had PM Dawn? No, I didn't buy them okay, niggas. Though. That was not an I. You said that when you said everybody like no, no. Tennis, I mean everybody in my, the, that, that I fuck with okay. like EPMD. Gotcha. Um, you know what I'm saying? Red Man, Naughty by Nature. Uh, is there a verse? Is there a verse that you remember like specifically like like that just stands out from that time? I mean, there was verses like, um, like Kid Capri had a tape and he and he and, and he said something like, "Look what happened in Central Park." Like mm. shit like that bothered me. Um, Akinelli had a joint where he was like, "You catch up knees are like the Central Park jogger." Like shit like that. When I heard it, I was like, "Ah, oh. like right. fuck." You know because what I'm saying? that's what that, that's why I asked it because like it's hip hop. It's hip hop. It's Big, hip hop. Even Biggie has. Uh, uh, blow up like the world trade. Yeah, Born. yeah. Like every this hip hop, they're yeah. gonna say what is in our proximity. Yeah. So that's why I asked that because it's like I've heard things. I'm like, hmm, well, how would that feel? I don't, I don't think that I don't think that'd be very uh, encouraging yeah. to hear this. Yeah. Um. EPMD had one where they was like, when joggers hurt, the press gets peps pesty. Yeah. But what about the Beatles, G, and Elvis Presley? Mm. So that, I was like, all right, that was cool. Yeah, so you've seen the support yeah. in yeah. those lyrics as well. Yeah. So it was like a juxtaposition a little bit. Yeah. Um, who was your favorite at the time, though? Growing up, Big Daddy Kane. Mm. Um, Big Daddy Kane, when I first heard Raw, that changed my outlook on hip-hop. 
And then um and then it was him. Rakim and, and, and you know, Big Daddy Kane was always my guy. Right. And then you know you got the Brooklyn cast, they like Rock Kim. Yeah. Rock. And you like, man, fuck Rock Kim. But listen, I grew up, I grew up two blocks away from Rock Kim people. Don't, don't you say fuck look, Rock Kim no, 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 next listen, to <laughs> No, listen. But as I got older, yeah. and I, I relit, there was appreciation. Yeah. And I said, wow, this dude is serious. So so is it the same way being in those institutions, was it the same way as people liking it to growing up in the hood where people Fed off of hip hop, like did you yeah. see hip hop oh, no, definitely. just be a, definitely. a nucleus and definitely. like a unifier within the within the institution as yeah, well? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, I mean, because there was cats back then in Goshen. You know, you you could make speakers, right? You you could make wood projects, oh, right, right. And so cats played music. You know what I'm saying? So there was always rock him, Kane, Pop. Were the niggas nice in there? Oh yeah, yeah. It was a bunch of dudes that was who, nice in who, there. Who's somebody you? you um, if, if you can, who's my man Von Du, um, who I just reconnect with not too long ago, was was really nice. Um, he was that cat that you was like, if he get out of here, he can get a deal. You tried? Did do you take a try I, at rapping? I did. I did. I gotta hit one person. Nah, you I don't, don't remember I, nothing. Nah, I don't remember nothing. <laughs> Come on, you don't remember I nothing. Oh, wait. <laughs> That shit is, <laughs> you know, 86. That's, you know what's bad when they say, yeah, that shit over with. <laughs> that shit left like my basketball game. <laughs> so you get out 95. Uh, 95. Biggie, Big is is running is running New York at that time. Uh, Ready to Die dropped in 94. Mm-hmm. So this is, the, the East Coast is technically on, on Big's back. Uh, yeah. Pac is out. Yeah. I'm um, at the time. What, um, what is that New York that you are entering? Um, when I when I enter that, you know what though? But I think it wasn't like big. You know, big had it on so locked down. But I think it was, it was that um, that uh, that Winter Wars mm-hmm. Wu Tang joint. Yeah, the Wu Tang. That was serious. That, that comes out, and when, that's oh, when you hear that, it was like because we in Harlem, so right. they you know certain stores play it when you right, walk by. Right, 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 right. That shit was hard. Uh, while you're in there, are you hearing? This is double back. While you were in, are you hearing what's going on in Harlem when it comes to Rico? I mean, uh, I said Rico. When it comes to Alpo, Mitch, and AZ, and yeah, that story. Yeah, was it like in there? Yeah, well, like, because knowing even, that you've seen it firsthand and yeah. hearing because how it even happened. um even you know when when the um when the thing happened with, with Rich's little brother, like there's a lot of Harlem cats in Spafford at the right. time. Um, a lot of cats who know cats, and 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 you hear the stories. Right. So we was always abreast on stuff like that. Okay. Just, you know. You, yeah. You hear it. So now you're out. Winter Wars is is the Winter Wars is, is the soundtrack. Oh. Do you have it? So has that is that ever a moment where you're playing that like now and you're like just remembering? Oh yeah, if I hear it, it takes me back. Takes you. To- it's, it, you know, it, the funny shit is like, I come home in '95. It's snowing, right? Because it's right before Christmas. Right. And my ass. Um, the parole office is on 40th Street on the west side. Jesus right? Christ. And my ass is on the east side. So I would literally take the train all the way down to 42nd Street. And I have to. And I would walk across town. I never knew there was a fucking shuttle. <laughs> I was dead about to say, take the shuttle. And then you said, walk. I'm like, what the? I was walking. I would get right. off the train and just walk across. And just walk. Snow, sleet, all type of shit. And my ass is walking to the parole office's office. And it wasn't until like maybe like two or three months later, I figured out there's a fucking shuttle that goes across. I'm like, yo, I've been walking this shit this whole fucking time in the winter, man. It's cold as fuck. I got one coat right. freezing my ass off, and I'm walking across 42nd Street. 
<laughs> I'm dying. I'm thinking that I did that shit too. I'm from Long Island, so I don't know. So there, there was just certain things I had to learn. Yeah. So I'm like, it wasn't. T- I'm like, I'm telling my dad, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I walked out. He said, y'all walked. I said, yeah, we walked from because we were stuck uptown, so we had to come down. He said, "There's a shuttle." There's a shuttle. I said, "Dad, there's a shuttle." I said, "Well, how much the shuttle cost?" He says, "Free, nigga. It's you free. You transfer." I said, "Oh." <laughs> like, I, I remember. I remember all of 2004, all of 2005, telling people, "You know, there's a shuttle, right?" Like I, I was the man on Long Island. I was telling people, "Yo, there's a shuttle. There's a shuttle. You need to get, need to get Grand Central over there with the with where the stores are. Yeah, just take the shuttle." If it was summertime, I could have got away with it. Or somehow, look at all the girls walking around. I could just look. Fucking winter time, man. I'm over here walking through the snow. All right, y'all. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. I know, I know you're we're in the middle of listening to this great story um, from Raymond Santana, this great story of triumph and perseverance. But in all fairness, I want to make sure you guys can really digest this. So I didn't want to give you a whole three-hour episode in one sitting. So you will be getting part two of the Raymond Santana of the Central Park now exonerated five story next week here on Guys Next Door. Well, I thank you, neighborhood, for your continued support and listening. And I hope you really enjoyed this episode and got uh, what you needed from it. And I hope that you enjoyed the second episode even more. Just let it shine through. Just let Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 